Well, we spent the last two weeks talking about the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. And so two weeks ago, I explained how you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe in Jesus Christ. And I told you that God has a mission for you. But you need his spirit in you. And then last week, we talked about how Pentecost changed everything. Because the disciples did not just receive the Holy Spirit, but they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And now this week, we see the third step. We see the third step of the, in the life of the Spirit. And that is being empowered by the Holy Spirit for God's mission. So the first time I was really aware of being empowered by the Holy Spirit was, it was about 12 years ago. And I was in youth ministry at the time, and I was mentoring a guy, he and I, and we were talking, and he was having some girl problems, and I didn't really know what to say. So I prayed, which, you know, always a good idea. And so, so I prayed. And then all of a sudden, as the conversation progressed, I realized that my questions were getting more helpful. And my, I started to notice connections that he wasn't seeing. I even started to know things that he hadn't shared with me. Well, we finished the conversation, and, and he was thrilled. He, he was at peace, closer to God, reconnected with God. And, but I was a little weirded out. I was a little freaked out by that whole situation. Because quite honestly, I'm not usually that wise. I'm just not. <laughs> but, but then it all clicked. This was the Holy Spirit. This is what it looked like to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit was making me more than I was by myself. And so I, I even came up with a name for it. So I called him Super Greg. I know, it's really silly. But it is. That's Because I was more than regular Greg. See, there's normal Greg, and then there's Super Greg. And for about 10 minutes, I was super Greg. Because I was more than I normally am. I was empowered by the Holy Spirit for God's mission. So what would it look like for you to be empowered by the Holy Spirit for God's mission? What would, what would it look like for you to have your own super version of yourself? That's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to look at it in the book of Acts. See, we're going to finish off chapter 2 in Acts. And we're going, to, we're going to cover a lot of ground. And so we're going to hit, just hit some highlights as we go through. But see, what's amazing about the book of Acts is it paints two pictures of what it looks like to be empowered by the Holy Spirit for God's mission. One of them was in an individual and the other one was in a community. Both of them Holy Spirit empowered. And so we left off last week with Acts 2, where the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they started miraculously speaking in all kinds of languages. So the whole diversity of people who were in Jerusalem at the time for the festival of Pentecost, so that everybody could hear the wonders of God. That was amazing, and it was a miracle. 
Now, people had two reactions to this. They had two reactions. The first one was verse 12. It says, amazed and perplexed. They asked one another, what does this mean? Amazement, curiosity, wonder. Now, the other reaction was in verse 13. Some, however, made fun of them, saying, they have had too much wine. Laughing, mocking, accusing. Now, also, by the way, this was the first recorded instance of the go home, you're drunk meme. Because they literally thought they were drunk. Now, the rest of the chapter is amazing because it answers both the mockers and the amazed. And more importantly, it gives us two pictures of what our lives, what our community could look like, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So the first picture is the Apostle Peter. He was the leader of the apostles during the three or so years where Jesus was with, was with them. Um, and he stood up to address the crowd. But before we get to that, we have to understand that while Peter was with Jesus for those three or so years, he wasn't exactly an A student. He regularly misunderstood Jesus' teachings. He argued with the other disciples about who was greatest. He absolutely refused to believe that Jesus was going to die. He publicly denied Jesus three times. And there was a lot more. So he wasn't exactly your A student. And yet somehow, somehow he stood up and delivered one of the most powerful messages, one of the most powerful speeches recorded in the book of Acts. And 3,000 people came to believe in Jesus and got baptized. That was amazing. Like, talk about a glow up. Like, he went from, from dud to stud, zero to hero, overnight. How on earth does that happen? Empowered by the Holy Spirit for God's mission. That's how it happens. So his was a long speech, and what's recorded in Acts is likely just highlights. And so we're going to hit some highlights of the highlights. So he began with this. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this was spoken by the prophet Joel. And then he read the passage that Pang just read out of Joel. He recited it. He's basically saying, listen, you know when the prophets talked about the men and the women being filled with the Spirit and prophesying? Joel said this would happen. Why are you surprised? This is exactly what the prophets said would happen. Men and women, sons and daughters. And so he said, why are you surprised? Then he continues. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth was a man accredited to God by you, by, uh, accredited to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible 
for death to keep its hold on him. I love that line. It is impossible for death to keep its hold on him. And then Peter continues to explain Jesus and the Holy Spirit through some, some Old Testament passages and references. And then he concludes with the power statement. Here it is. Here's, here's the big statement. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Now here was the crowd's response. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? What shall we do? Have you ever heard a sermon maybe here in church or you watch online or on YouTube or listen to a podcast and you hear something and you are cut to the heart and you say, God, what should I do? That's this crowd right there. This is a holy moment, an interface between human and divine happening in this very moment. And Peter's answer then was the same answer that I would give you today. He said, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So Peter gave two conditions and promised two blessings. Two conditions, two blessings. The first is they must repent and be baptized. That's part of what believing in Jesus means. Turning away from your old life, from your present sins. And then get, <coughs> excuse me. And then getting baptized. Getting baptized as a public declaration, as a celebration of community. I belong to Jesus. And 3,000 people said yes to Jesus that day. And they got baptized. I don't know how they baptized 3,000 people. I think the most we've ever had on one day here was 17. And that was just crazy. I don't even know how they just found any puddles of water and started pushing people in it, I guess. 3,000 people. But 3,000 people entered the kingdom of God. 3,000 people changed their eternity that day. Why? Because Peter was empowered by the Holy Spirit for God's mission. See, Peter spoke by the power of the Holy Spirit, and the people responded by the, within the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So Peter is the first example, the first example that we see, but the second one comes right after this. It's the first community of believers often called the early church. It was the very first Christian community of believers outside Jesus and the disciples. And so, so what happened, what would happen if a whole community was filled with people empowered by the Holy Spirit for God's mission? What would that community look like? Well, you heard it. That was the passage, that was the other passage that Pang read. And it was amazing. This, I cannot underestimate how countercultural, how revolutionary this community was and would still be today. 2,000 years later, a community like you heard out of, that Pang read 
would still be countercultural and revolutionary. So the exact thing that happened in this passage that you heard earlier, that was happening among the first community of believers. People were living in loving community. They were committed to prayer. They were committed to scripture. They were eating together. They were caring for people in need. They were making sacrifices so others could benefit. It was an amazing community. They were living selflessly, joyfully, faithfully. See, and, and when I hear that passage and as I read it, what I thought about was the fruit of the Spirit out of Galatians 5. See, they list the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, goodness, self-gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And see, all of that was demonstrated in that early community. And it makes sense. Because when you live by the power of the Spirit, you bear the fruit of the Spirit. When you are fed, when you are nourished by the Spirit, you produce the fruit of the Spirit. That's how trees work. And that's how the early church worked. Because let's be honest, man. We know, we know that we as humans could never live that way. We're lucky if we could get past breakfast without being selfish, without being angry or jealous. Because that's kind of who we are on those dark days and maybe even on those better days. But in the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit for God's mission, makes us more than we are by ourselves. It transforms our selfish nature, our sin nature, into a spirit nature. And we can live just like they did. We can live just like they did. So... The Holy Spirit empowers individually and communally. So what does this look like for you? What does this look like for you individually? And what does this look like for you communally? In your family? In your church? What does it look like? Well, what would it mean? Think, imagine this. What would it look like and mean for you to be empowered by the Holy Spirit for God's mission. For you to be a super. More than you normally are. Well, if we put all of Acts 2 together, it paints a pretty good picture. It paints a pretty good picture and can maybe even help you decide what your next step is in this journey with the Holy Spirit. See, what do you need to focus on? What do you need to focus on for the next day, the next week, the next month, the next year? Acts 2 helps you answer that question. And so here are seven suggestions about what your next step is in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. What's your next step? Is it believe in Jesus? Some of you, some of you, 
need to say yes to Jesus and believe that he is your Lord and Savior. And you can receive the Holy Spirit today. Number two, repent. Some of you need to turn away from your old life. Even if you're a believer and some of your old life has been creeping back up and taking over more and more of you, you need to turn away from that. And maybe for some of you, you need to turn toward Jesus for the very first time. Turn away from your old life, from your flesh, from your selfishness. And repent. Some of you need to get baptized. You've been putting it off. You've been skipping it. You've heard me talk about it two or three times a year. And you just skip it each time. Some of you need to get baptized. That's why for the next month, we're going to have the baptismal set up right up here for the next month to give you a chance within your community, within your church, to publicly say, I belong to Jesus Christ. I belong to Jesus Christ. So if you, have not been, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you have not been baptized, come talk to me. Come message me on Facebook. Message the church. I would love to help you find a time for you to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Some of you need to understand God's general mission. You say, like, you claim Christ as yours, and, and you are his, but you're just kind of living your own mission. You're living your own life and trying to be good and go to church and pray before meals and try not to get too drunk too often and try not to cuss too much when you get mad and oh, that's not God's mission all of that comes secondary maybe some of you need to learn about what does it mean to be witnesses to tell people what you have seen and heard in your life and the lives of believers around you that's what Acts 1 talked about in the, in the mission of God. Okay? Some of you need to take that step further. You need to discover God's mission for you. Because God has a general mission for us to be witnesses, for, for us to be peacemakers, for us to be hope bearers. But he also has a specific mission for you, for each one of you. Every one of you watching online, God has a specific mission for you. How do you discover that? Pay attention to what breaks your heart. And align what breaks your heart with what breaks God's heart. And that's the beginning of discovering God's mission for you. The single best book I ever read on this topic is called Holy Discontent by Bill Hybels. And if you're at a place where you're trying to discover God's, God's mission for you personally, I highly recommend that book. And it's a little tiny book, so even I can read it. So I re recommend Holy Discontent by Bill Hybels. Okay? Some of you need to be empowered by the Spirit. You have been living off your own power for way too long. You've been building your own kingdom on your own power. And trust me, it's exhausting. I live way too much in my own power. It's why I've been spending and trying to grow in my relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because I need to live in His power, not my own. 
You need to live in his power, not your own. And then some of you, some of you need to boldly engage in God's mission in community. There are no solo flyers, no lone rangers in Christianity. In God's mission is meant to be done in community. That's why church is important. That's why church matters. Because this is how we accomplish God's mission. This is how we are empowered collectively by the Holy Spirit to accomplish God's mission. We do it together. This is also how you keep yourself from going off the rails and digging into your own kingdom. Because there are people around you who will tell you and reel you back and smack you around a little if you need it. Say, you're building your own kingdom. You need to get something right. You need to get your house in order. You need to spend more time with God. Your priorities are completely out of whack. That's what happens in community. That's why you need community. It's why you need church. People who know you and people you know. So what's it going to be? What's it going to be? It's time to poop or get off the pot. It's time to look at this list and say, okay, God, I'm yours. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the hundredth time. I want to engage in your mission, but I, I can't because I'm scared. You know why you're scared? Because you think you're going to try to do it on your own. But you're not. I'm convinced that most people just stick to their no same normal life and don't engage in God's mission because it's terrifying. And you're convinced that you will fail because all you can picture is life by your own power. But that is not true. You can be empowered by the Holy Spirit for God's mission. And because God is inviting you, He is inviting us to something big to bring hope, salvation, and restoration into our world, into our families, into your relatives, into your jobs, into our church. Hope, salvation, and restoration. And that is done through us by the power of the Holy Spirit. So how do you do this? How do you do this? Well, thanks to, to Craig Rochelle's Life Church Instagram, I saw an amazing thing, and it was so simple. Here it is. You want to know how to engage in God's mission? Be available and be obedient. That's all it takes. You want to know how to engage in God's mission? It's not some mystery. Be available and be obedient. Be available means you're hearing. For you're looking for needs. You've opened up your heart to the pain around you. And then when you hear God prompt you, you obey. Be available and be obedient. So church, in-person church, online church. That's my challenge for you today. Be available and be obedient. Join me in prayer.
God, we thank you again for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we are nothing on our own. We know the depths of our selfishness and our pride and our anger. We know the depths of our sin. But today we can see a glimpse of your power. And the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in us, Lord. Thank you. We don't deserve that. Lord, but you have a kingdom to build here on earth as it is in heaven. And you have chosen us to be participants in that. Lord, give your invitation to every heart who is hearing my voice in person, online. Invite, invite them into your mission and into the power of the Holy Spirit. So thank you, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for the power that is not in us. Open our hearts to the Holy Spirit to be filled and empowered. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to take communion in a little bit, but first, I want to give you some time with God. I want to give you some time. I'm going to set my timer for three minutes. I want to give you a chance to pray. And pray to the Holy Spirit. This is something that I've talked about over the last few weeks. That Then this might be something new and different. You're like, well, I can pray to the Father. Can I really pray to the Holy Spirit? Yeah, you can. So we're going to take three minutes here. and we've, I'm going to put a prayer up on the screen. And you can pray this as many times as you like during this time. So sit and be with God right now. Be with God. And then later on we'll get to some other stuff. But right now, this is time for you and God.